I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and... Uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other, and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a shit shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their houses for 10 years. So it's all football on the TV this weekend, lads. We were complaining a few weeks ago. So we have Dublin Donegal in Croke Park on Saturday night. Then TG Cahar are going all in on football on Sunday. Uh, Galway Tyrone for me that's the big one of the weekend and Monaghan and Mayo that's the big one of the weekend for you Connor. yeah um, so then I was looking at Dublin Donegal and Crow Park and I was thinking did Dublin not play in Crow Park last week against Monaghan and, they, oh, they, 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 yeah. and then I was looking they have four home games in Croke Park this year which is not an unusual sometimes you're lucky it's the look of the draw or whatever you have four at home and three away and then I started thinking they're playing Donegal in Croke Park and then all the controversy of the Super 8s and Donegal trying to bring the motion um, to Congress to not allow Dublin have two games in Croke Park during the Super 8s and since we have you in here Ger, um on the, on the panel what's your thoughts on this because there's a lot of debate this time or not this time last year on Super Race time about what kind of an advantage Dublin have playing there what, what, what do you where, where are you on this because you're so, one of the more honest yeah. kind of Dublin yeah. voices <laughs> <laughs> I won't be diplomatic I know uh, any GA footballer this is my diplomatic my diplomatic start uh, lads is, is everyone's to play in Crow Park because it's cool and it's brilliant and Everyone wants to play in Croke Park, but maybe not Dublin in Croke Park. But maybe not Dublin in Croke Park. <laughs> and, and, and I was reading Colin uh, Bonner's comments during the week, and he, he did say it is a big challenge, and, and, and uh, Dublin merely losing Croke Park certainly the last uh, number of years. But like the four, uh, we played Leash in a minor final in 2003, first time playing in Croke Park. Like it's, it's just it's, it, it is a mecca, so it is a great experience. Now, when you get to the elite end and the senior end, is it an advantage? Uh, to become used to your surroundings and playing in uh, the one place more often than another team it is uh, regardless if it's Dublin or whomever um, 
but as a Dublin formative player and knowing the Dublin lads that are there they literally do not care where they're playing they'll play wherever they want to play nobody blames Dublin for this and that's yeah. everything obviously yeah. we, own, we know Dublin will go everywhere and we yeah. know there's a good chance Dublin will beat anyone anywhere yeah. maybe Barr Kerry down in Killarney yeah. might be a very difficult one for them because yeah. that's their home ground but the, the point of the matter is it's not Dublin's issue and we know the GEA take advantage of the Dublin support by getting as much money out of them as possible but the, the, the debate on whether it's an advantage I, well I think it's there's no debate if you play four league games there so all Dublin are filtering in all their young lads um, you know into the team and they're getting valuable Croke Park experience so when you played there first as a minor you were shitting it yeah. I'm sure your first time playing there senior you were shitting it as well because yeah. there's a whole new against experience against Leash funny enough as against yeah. Leash yeah. as well yeah. 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 and we lost the minor yeah. you probably won, you <laughs> won, won the, the next one yeah. um, but that's the thing so you're yeah. getting over those nerves in league games which aren't and then you're being pre- better prepared for Croke Park in the championship yeah. and then you play all your championship bar the first round and the super eight that you have to the away game for me it's and you have the majority of the support in every game outside of the All-Ireland final probably where the, the tickets are split 50-50 for me it's, a, it's not a, even a talking point it's a massive advantage it is an advantage yeah um, again we have to uh, I know there'll be dubbing people listening to me saying stick up for the dubs but your Dublin had a side, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, objectively speaking, it's, a, it's an advantage. Um, but it, it is important to, to again to emphasise that uh, the lads will go anywhere. The Dublin supporters are great crack. A few lunatics, obviously, in the hill. But uh, they, they love going to Castlebar um, for the nights out. They love going down to Clarny. We were in Port Leash this summer, or last summer, was it? Uh, they, did, they did a great time down there as well in terms of the sport and getting on the bandwagon a night away. But ultimately, it comes down to the hierarchy who make calls. So... They're looking to generate revenue, and I know the report came out last well, a couple of weeks ago with uh, Tom Ryan and the and the and the turnover of the GA, and that all feeds into their strategy and goals from a commercial point of view. Yeah, and other counties have had the chance to, you know, by the Leinster Council have had the chance to potentially move Dublin out of Crow Park and they haven't taken that opportunity. So I think that what yourself and Ger have said that it's not the Dub's fault. I think it's important to say that. Yeah. But just listening to like you've said it often I have only been lucky to play it in Crow Park once. You've played there multiple times but it comes come to months ago. All Ireland Junior Club final years ago, Ger, <laughs> but anyway I'll, I'll get off that. Oh, yeah. But everything from the surface to like the you, you talk about the way the wind is different from it the way it blows in from the canal to the way it blows into Hill 16 there's the size of the crowd there's a surface thin there's, there's, there's everything from just the, your surroundings the night before the fact that Dublin players can sleep in their, in their own beds and just they don't have to have the same traffic well, that's a big one but that's, you can't complain about that because that's just look of the draw exactly. that's, the national stadium is in Dublin and there's nothing you can do about that you yeah. know and like even the crowd there's nothing you can do about the, that either the, they have a big population and they get a, and May are probably the only ones crowd wise that can put it up to them in games outside of all our finals the betting I would dispute because up until this Whenever 2011 Dublin lads were sleeping in their bed for a lot of the all our quarterfinals and semi-finals we were getting well bet in against them right. to carry on <laughs> that's and, true and yeah, yeah. but only you can argue that one yeah but, uh, but like obviously yeah. you weren't as good as you are as you no. are now but I do t- I do think because uh, like I wouldn't have ever had to stay over that often in hotels but I remember for league games you're out of your comfort zone mm. sleeping in a hotel when you're not after having a few pints where you'll just you know yeah. fall asleep it's it's unusual isn't it's and is your man going to be snoring beside you <laughs> yeah you're rooming with yeah. somebody and yeah. then you're talking about an all Ireland bloody final yeah. you'll be lucky to sleep the night before it anyway Jared. I don't yeah, know what yeah. you were like getting to bed you seem like a relaxed sort of fella but like in a hotel room that heightens all those nerves I'm sure we, we, uh, Pat Gilroy's first year um, we played Wexford in the um, first round of Leinster and it actually went to extra time 
and Pat was during the league campaign that year in 2009 he had us staying in hotels uh, before away games down the country um, under Pillar Caffrey we actually flew the odd time to, to really? Sligo and, but, but sure Kerry were flying up and Donegal lads were flying down yeah, 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 yeah. Money, yeah. money around before the, the crash in 08 but uh, Bertie put up that Bertie Paul but so we stayed in the Regency um, Hotel in, in uh, Drumcondry there beside St Pat's uh, campus and uh, for the Wexford game and I live literally around the corner Michael Savage around the corner all the lads live very close by the Southsiders right so, so you chose to do that that madness really well he chose well right. but but there was a wedding in the hotel uh, that night so like the place was hopping I was room with David Henry um, like we, we couldn't sleep I, I know a few lads did drive home and uh, I didn't have a car at the time so I, I couldn't drive home but I, I probably would have but we few were, lads left the hotel. Few lads left the hotel. Yeah, and came back for breakfast the next morning and said nothing. Jeez, right. Must have, Ryan yeah. said nothing. Yeah, right. other place was happening. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just said again, early twenties. Pair of jeans there. I'll go down. Have a look. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> There's no doubt the thought crossed a lot of lads' minds. <laughs> so uh, I'll be playing crap. But that was a good Wexford team. That, uh, they did good uh, under yeah. Jason Ryan. Did a few, did a few years success, and we uh, it went to extra time. I think that match. That first right, event, right. So, yeah. so we but never stayed before probably, a championship game. But, before, yeah. Do you know, it's unusual. I suppose Pat was finding his feet, but that's yeah. an oversight from, you know, kind of organisational side. Yeah. Of, yeah. You know, <laughs> definitely there there has to be a recce done in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a classic. So that's it anyways. I don't want to spend too too long on it. To be honest with you, you see, sometimes we keep saying it's not Dublin's fault and you're, you're almost pandering to the kind of Reservoir Dubs type of G- Dublin fan mm. who lose their minds. And I always say on the show, here the the worst insults I get about the show are from Dublin fans but the most compliments I get are from Dublin fans Dublin fans reasonable Dublin fans will accept look mm. they all follow soccer and they see like what's a punishment in soccer playing behind closed doors like if the, the majority of support isn't an advantage what, mm. and look, look at Darren McCurry played in Eden Dark last week swung over a sideline I've never seen him yeah. Swing over sideline like yeah, Niall Morgan knew. four freezes. Well, yeah. well no, it was Niall Morgan Eden Dark as I well. Think I think he is. is, is Eden Dark. Club, yeah. Morgan yeah, is, yeah. yeah. And uh, and McCurry just floats it over because he just knows he's done it before. You yeah. know, if you're playing in Crow Park, which the Dublin lads are, seven eight times a season. Mm. Come on, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like you do, and uh, uh, and Connor probably touched on it there as well. Um, like the the, the the competition controls committee, the CCC for for Leinster Council. The makeup of that, I don't know where the counties, are, uh, county men are from who sit on that committee. I'm sure there's four or five lads on it who organise the fixtures. They're definitely not all dubs. Is this even any dubs? So oh yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a strategic decision. Oh, they're doing it to make money. It's obvious. But fairness of the competition should, should supersede money any day. Look what the sense. players are putting into it. Like I mean, it's crazy stuff. Anyways, we'll move on from that, lads, because Lenny Harbison is the antrim manager, and we had Paddy Cunningham on the show, and Paddy's 34. 35 this year and he's made a comeback and what Lenny has done this year is he's tried to reduce the workload not necessarily the workload you probably still do the same just the days you have to train and it sounds to me like a great idea but I want to get your thoughts on it because he says rather than he doesn't ask players to come training five days a week so usually you might do two field sessions maybe three gym sessions well one recovery Mm. and two you know maintenance or whatever you probably do more than three gym sessions before Christmas when you're getting up to a level so Instead of the two separate gym sessions that you do on your own or as a group, he's combining them on the Tuesday and Thursday and doing them the hour before training. So, right, your time commitment on that day is longer. 
So you have to do that hour and then you go out and do your field session, right? But then the next day, you go to work, come home, get onto your couch, you recover, your body relaxes. To me, it makes sense, but I'm not a strength and conditioning expert and I, I've been out of the game longer than you, Ger. So what, what's your thoughts on this? I know Pat Gilroy had you in the morning early and then that night um, as well, which I think Lenny's is better than that because you kind of seize up a bit during the day and then, you know, it must have been torture going back at night but where, where, what do you think? Well in, in uh, to touch briefly on Pat's case Pat's case was about weeding out the mentally weak That's probably yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and it was a decent enough of a break uh, it was tough it was great um, but anyone who wasn't enjoying feeling sore fecked off or just didn't make it in Pat's case but uh, from a sports science point of view I was talking to well, in the office in UCD he's got Kevin Croke he's uh, involved with UCD rugby but he was actually an SSE coach with us under Martin Kennedy as well, uh, with Jim Gavin for a good few years. So I know Kev well, and I would have done a module last year uh, around uh, sports physiology and how the body works. But if you're doing a pitch session uh, directly after a gym session, you increase the uh, chances of injury. Um, if you do the gym session after the pitch session, you reduce the uh, chances of becoming injured. But the quality of your gym work is decreased because your energy output has mm. yeah. also decreased and your inability to push as hard as you would. So depending on the goals of the individual, whether you're trying to put on, on, on a muscle mass, which is hypertrophy or hypertrophy, depending on where you're from, uh, you need to have a proper break, if not 24 to 48 hours before you train the same muscles see, again. See, I thought, but, I, th- I thought about this, right? And then I was thinking... Would they really be doing those type of sessions during a, an intense league? Those type of sessions where you're building muscle might be done from October to Christmas. And then throughout the league and championship, you're maintaining that. And you know when you start weights, your legs yeah. are completely mm. gone after yeah. it. But then you start building up, you know, your tolerance to it. And then you could do a weight session. And sometimes you think, geez, I'm not even sore. I didn't, I didn't even sweat during that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just used to it. So maybe and when you get to that level, the there's, a, there's a value in it, No. Objectively speaking, the sports science would say no. Say no. Um, if you're doing the well, what are we trying to become good at? Lifting weights or playing football? So your priority has to be the football session. In order to run faster, uh, jump higher, hit harder, uh, you need to have a training block of four to six weeks. And depending on your training age, they they would call it as well. Whether you've been coached from a young age, fifteen, sixteen. By a, a qualified uh, gym gym instructor, not gym instructor, but SNC coach, mm. um, that lad to your your development. But in phase with uh, league game week after week, pretty much, um, are you doing a whole lot in those gym sessions? You're not. It's more about maintenance. So yeah. if, if they're doing a forty five minute gym session before the pitch of maintenance, of, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. It wouldn't be as bad, but. Scientifically speaking, and I'm not, I'm not a qualified sports scientist, I just lucky to be working in UCD and I dip in now of uh, the expertise that are there. Um, you would do the gym stuff afterwards. Yeah. Um, but you know the band stuff and the prehabilitation yeah. stuff? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like that's just getting the muscles warmed up in the same way you do your light bit of job. Yeah, because everybody's yeah. doing that anyway. Yeah. You, you, yeah. you just need to see the detail of the training session. You yeah. would. Yeah, yeah. you would. Yeah. We're, we're guessing here yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I just, what, what I loved about it, I understood, obviously, look, you're not going to mix very heavy weight sessions before a training session of, you know, you know, physical running and stuff like that would be mm. madness. But during the league, you wouldn't be doing a whole lot of, you no. know, heavy stuff. And even on the field sessions might be a little bit more walkthroughs or, you know, yeah. talking about stuff that you could combine them then. And then the value of that is the next day 
which players find very stressful that they have to go to work direct from the session the night before they have to come home they have to get the bag again go out go to the gym come home then make their dinner now if you're lucky enough you have a partner to have the dinner ready or you have a bit left over from, well you don't have anything or left the, over from last the, night or the mammy. training last <laughs> yeah. night or the mammy yeah, yeah. depending on what age you are that, like it's a long day the next day and taking that stress off players I would see a lot yeah. of value in that I used to try and mix it on my lunch break and I was in a job that I didn't like in funds and it was supposed to be like a trust system where you take an hour between 12 and 2 <laughs> sure, like, I mean, for, a, for an and inter-county footballer like, I, mean, I was yeah, like yeah. if I go at 10 past 12 at 10 past 1 the boss will be gone from 1 to 2 yeah. I can literally stroll back in you're here rounding once up your I, hours <laughs> yeah. once I'm back before he's back he doesn't know when how long yeah. so I was at least I was getting it in my day so I'd go home after the after my work and just get on the couch wrecked but if I, t- if I had to go after work, geez, I'd be really pissed off. You know, yeah. you'd be a little, you get a bit kind yeah. of down on it. There's not, obviously it, affect family time and all th- those other things. Yeah, and, and, and look, at it, it's a balance. It depends on, if, you're, if you are an Antrim, our, our fellas are working in Dublin or in college, whatever. So there's only so much contact time you have with them. Uh, but in terms of the quality of a, a gym session, Woolly, and, uh, and your um, execution of, 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 of the squad and everything else, that you do need a qualified coach there to make sure you're doing it um, as you're supposed to be doing it to get the best uh, impact from it. And so, watching you, he doesn't just uh, give you a program, he has to watch oh, you. Oh, he has to watch you doing it, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise okay. you're at nothing like Really, but yeah. if you get the techniques right with him, you're better off. You can't go away and do it on your own. Well, in the same way, your, your training session starts, and there's three or four is there, a manager and a couple of selectors, and there's the few fellas you know probably need to work on their tackle technique. So I see you two lads doing a bit of tackling. Yeah, the, the boys know what they're doing. You're happy enough. So in the same way, in the gym, the lads are around a couple of years. They've a good train gym training age, so they know what they're doing. If they have any questions, they'll ask me. So we'll go into the younger guys coming up over mine or the under twenties. I'm going to spend a bit more time with them to make sure that they're doing it properly. So there's, there's, the, there's the effects of doing the exercise properly and depending on your training age, the SC coach will, won't spend as much direct time with you. But at the same time, you go running or gymming on your own versus go running with the team or gymming with the team you're going to push that bit harder yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're being watched and, and, yeah. and, and that's the second probably strand to it I, I, I would be thinking but if you're a, a rural county where guys are travelling to college or whatever you'd be looking to do at least one coach gym session a week as a group and then you have your hour during lunch but the gym sessions now they should be only 45 minutes like it should yeah, be yeah, when, when yeah. you were when I started with Dublin we were like 90 minutes in the gym yeah. and it was all, my, ours was all arms all and chest arms. and all yeah, like yeah. big you can still but like I, I remember Alan Brogan telling me that then Dublin used to get a lot into power and mm. the, the clean and jerk and all these ones and um, we weren't doing anything like that we were building yeah. up our arms we were looking stronger but like I mean when you look at the Dublin team and whatever Brian Cullen does with them the last 15 minutes of the game Dublin look on another yeah, level to yeah. most other teams I don't know what he does yeah. but it's but, it's obviously like you know he's got the rugby background so maybe he learned some expertise there I've said this the, on the, the show kind of, yeah it kind, of, it kind of all changed from yeah. what I could see anyway around the, the mid to late 2000s I think everybody was following the Armagh template you know, yeah, Armagh yeah. got to be absolutely yeah. huge yeah. now they had the jerseys that made them look absolutely huge as well but then the kind of I think that was he, a good psychological thing too. I don't think they meant it as that but it, it worked well yeah. like that yeah and of course like since then and Dublin have probably led the way on this it's become far more dynamic and stuff like people are still strong but they're also there, there, there's been far more 
an emphasis on mobility and flexibility and that's ac- that's across the board that's why people are activating and doing their band work before training and Dublin has shown that that's the way to go too because yeah. it's probably back in the day where they might have been strong and powerful but as you said they might have been tailing off a bit in the last 10-15 minutes because they'd neglected that side of it but since then since I, and I think everybody now follows the template that Dublin have set and rightly so that it's as much as about dynamism as much yeah. as it is about strength and power that's it. I always think that you know the, the, the connection with the All Blacks with the AIG sponsorship and they've been mm. over and there's a couple of ads you know or whatever that there'd be some expertise shared there because we know the All Blacks moved away from the big huge muscly kind mm. of uh, rugby player a long time ago for kind of more athletic uh, dynamic players and I don't know maybe was there some expertise shared there Gerard anything or well not 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 directly or or, or, or specifically or formally other than you, you read some of the All Black autobiographies and yeah. And and they'd be referenced to the culture and about the jersey and, and, and sweeping the sheds. Yeah, sweeping the sheds. There's a lot of there's a lot of crossover yeah. stuff yeah. there, isn't there's there? A lot the of crossover, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that just Jim doing his research on you know teams and just thinking, look, that's a model that I respect. That's a model I would like to you know replicate. It's you you can't replicate somebody else's model unless you share similar values, right? Because it becomes unauthentic, and you can, yeah. you'll, you'll talk that's and talk for. A couple of weeks or a couple of months, but eventually you won't really believe in everything that you've read, even though the All Blacks are doing it. But unless you have similar shared values, which are instilled from home, club, county, work, whatever, that um, you're at nothing. So it has to be authentic to you. Yeah. Okay. But, um, but on, on, just on the, the, the another point, to, in terms of if you're doing the gym, play first, and your pitch session second, right? And you want to do some tactical stuff uh, on the field when you go on because normally uh, a pitch session for me anyway in terms of uh, getting the best out of guys um, or helping to what would you call it uh, help them retain the information that you're trying to instill or impart on them in terms of structure or how you want to be with the ball or what, what have you if you do all the tactical stuff at the end of the session lads are, are knackered so their ability to retain information lessons and uh, contextualise that for people listening we've all been on the pitch where a selector runs on and says something to you and you're like what the fuck did he say like, you know, and, and particularly as a centre back over the years yeah. you were getting, I was getting a lot of instructions because you were feeding them out and I, I used to have to work with the guys running in saying look just keep it simple like one, yeah, one yeah, message yeah. keep it simple nice and short so in the same way if you're coming to maybe the Antrim footballers might get promoted now if they listen to this but I would be um, uh, you'd be doing all the tactical the heavy uh, concentration mental stuff in the early stages of, of of your time together and you do the gym stuff at the end yeah. because ultimately do you want to get fellas who are good in the gym or fellas who are good in the yeah. pitch? No, that makes sense. So are we are we agreeing that if they flipped it around during the league and championship it is doable? Yes. And the value of giving the next day off, you yeah. know, is a, oh, is yeah. a very, yeah. very strong plus. OK, well, I'm glad we came to that because I, I was kind of excited about it. But I do take your point. Obviously, the one thing, it's impossible pre-Christmas when you're building up, yeah. you know, a tolerance. And then it is it is possible when you're maintaining. But I, I, that's but I flipped the gym. But flip the gym, yeah. gym yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah gym yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Okay, I like that one. So uh, I was reading a stat here about the, the the league lads, and of the 77, this was on the RT website, of the 77 football and hurling league games postponed in the last 11 years due to weather, 66 have been since 2017. So a lot of them came in 2018. It was the big storm, that beast from the east. It was 46 games called off. But in 2017, there was four. 2018, there was 46. 19, eight. And t- this year, so far, eight as well. So, like, I mean, this is some a trend that's continuing. And this is clearly 
an indicator that to pack your busiest part of the season with seven games in se- eight games in ten weeks mm-hmm. in the worst. It is the worst. Mm. It's worse than November, December because we're looking at storms and snow and all sorts of stuff. It's madness. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. And that had to feel, it didn't really come up in championship structure kind of debates and whatever. We're not going to get into championship <laughs> yeah. structure debates. But that's saying, like, I mean, everything needs to be relaxed at this time of the year. Like, it can't be a big panic that, you know, games are going to be called. Game, league games are, the league will never run week yeah. on week again. If we're being honest. There were so many factors to consider, you know, that weather didn't even come into it, even though, like, you know, based purely on just my, uh, you know, on the last few years, February seems to have been the worst month. And, like, that's borne out by the figures. There were 46 games cancelled in 2018. I didn't even know that. And then throw into all that that the GA decided to put the under-20s competition back <laughs> into that, that too. And, like, have you seen some of the conditions that some of the games were played? Yeah, in they're the all being postponed too. Been absolutely Mark, crazy. Mark some Barry of the games went ahead. They were in... The four games. Um, yeah. He played over Monday, went the extra time the least 20s. He played... So you played for your seniors on, on the Sunday. You played for the Leash 20s maybe the following day. And then the Leash uh, 20s, the next round is this week. And he has another last league game. So he's going to play four games in the space of eight or nine days. In conditions they, that won't lend themselves too to much, injury yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, well, we know that under-20 thing was just farcical. Well, yeah. It was farcical. Absolute yeah. joke. But Colin Collins, I was reading this on the RT website as well, and he was saying, terrible conditions at the weekend. I don't, I don't think they're getting any better. I mean, surely it's beyond finances. It's not beyond finances to have a ground in every province that's enclosed. I don't know. And I was thinking... I, I don't know, wouldn't it be nice? But at the same time, if there's 46 games called off, that, that closed stadium is going to be under a fair bit of pressure in East Province. Ballyhonas. Bally, yeah, Ballyhonas has their bacon. It's just that outside Ballyhonas has Do you the have dome. one? There's a dome gone up in the centre of excellence. So really? the Connacht Centre of Excellence. It's actually only 10 minutes from me, so we play a lot of games there. You play not in the dome. Game? Not in the dome. It, the dome has only been built lately, but it's designed to facilitate that sort of more training than anything else because yeah. not a lot of people are going to fit into it. But uh, yeah, that was that was that's that's only full gone up very pitch, recently. Yeah, full yeah. size pitch in it. Yeah. Right, so you yeah. could play league games so there. Colin Collins needs to build, you know, advocate the building of these all around the country. These domes all around. Yeah, the country, you yeah. should have given Ballyhonas a mention. Now uh, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, realize. I this. Yeah, well, it's more bacon than Ballyhonas. I have to be technically correct here, Jerry. It's only outside. That's John Prenty territory now. It's only about five minutes outside Ballyhonas. But it is. I have to say that while you know it is close a bit to of parish John, pump politics. No, from no, I Prenti, have to say it? while it is close <laughs> to where John Prenty is from, it is actually the geographical centre of Connacht as well. So that's, okay. that's why it was we'll get him off the hook. All right, <laughs> we'll be back with Billy Lee in part two. I said, we have a game there about half three. If you, <laughs> if you, if you, wouldn't, mind, if you wouldn't mind joining us. <laughs> didn't even start like, didn't even go for the back. Took his line, took his extra five minutes. It was like, it was like the snooze button. Hit the, hit the snooze button for another five minutes. Rolled out of bed. 1-7 that day. Okay, so Limerick are top of Division 4 and their manager Billy Lee joins us on the line now. Top at the moment, Billy, but I suppose one loss and all that could change pretty quickly. Absolutely, Colin. You know, um, you take every game in its merits and um, we're now facing into facing the, all the teams that are joint um, second. So look, it's, it does a lot to be there for and a lot of football to play. So it has to be one game at a time. Yeah, have you ever seen a more competitive Division 4? 
uh, I suppose not from where we were coming from because we were always looking up like um, so we wouldn't have been I suppose stretching our eyes up to what was going on at the top of the window there over the last number of years we were um, looking at ourselves down below but it just seems that all divisions have got really really competitive yeah. um, so I look at Division 2 there um, crisis is unreal, unreal but it obviously brings an added implication for teams up there this year with the advent that if you're relegated you go down to the Tier 2 competition so it's it's um, yeah, I think people get get um, buy into the league and the competitiveness, and I think people enjoy conditions might be ideal, but you know, it's it is enjoyable at the same time for people. Yeah, I suppose if you were to take Cork out of Division Three and Four, you know, we're talking about probably making an argument for the Tier Two, which I know you were Tier Two Championship, which I know you were in favour of. Like you know, the teams in Division Four would be thinking, right, an All Ireland semi final here is not out of the question here at all. Yeah, I look, I mean, I suppose the way I look at it is um, at the start of the year, um, every team starts out in <clears throat> the provincial championship, which is a route to the All-Ireland series. Um, that was the way it was top in 40 years ago and the way it is now. But invariably, the stronger teams come to the fore. And if I go back to the 80s, you know, you're Kerry, Dublin, Park, Mead, um and so forth, Mayo, coming, you know, coming, and a number of years later, it's still the same, arguably, you know what I mean? And um, I suppose until... Counties, you know, certainly in Limerick, I can only speak for Limerick, that we get a strong goal um, in football on the ground in Limerick um, to promote, you know, um, ourselves better. Because I think we really get into, you know, really competing at that end. And whether that ever happens, um, I'm not let time be the judge of that. But um, that's the way I see it, Colm, you know. Um, yeah. Is that being done in Limerick, um, Billy, do you think? Like, I suppose in the schools and stuff, the hurling is getting the priority. Yeah, look, there is a lot of work going on in the background with football in Limerick and, um, you know, the, the parking workers that you've um, with Mirror Scabin on the academy, supported by the county, the board and the county football board. Um, I was involved in that some years ago myself. Um, so that's in play, oh, I think five, five years ago, the academy stopped in full flow. There were development teams before there, but it's got really, obviously, look, I think everyone knows what Paul brings to the table when he gets involved in something. And, um, it's it's it, more supported their club mates and um, you know they 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 know what they're doing and they they've they've they brought that and they've been supported by the county board and and, and backed and um, but beyond beyond that then look the reality is that um, Holland is the preferred GA sport and um, it's been like that in my lifetime and it'll be like that to the end of my lifetime and I sit here and I don't have any issue with that that that's what the majority of people uh, a club will prefer the sport and. Um, it's only over time that if, if football only clubs and the people involved in that can can kind of walk the road, we might go further, you know. So it's um, ultimately it comes from the walk on the ground as to where counties traditionally sit on right. a given sport is, is, is where it sits with me, you know. So suppose the academies are taking in the the elite players from each club, but are, are, are they doing anything with, say, promoting football within the county? You know, I suppose there's two strands of that underage development. Yeah, there is. Look, um, I think a lot of the former players, the likes of Stephen Lavin, Ian Ryan, Pat Ranahan, Shani Buckley, uh, they've all got involved, and you know they're, they're, they're as part of the county football board, and um, they have different responsibilities within that at primary level, secondary school, the academy, and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I probably, look, they're down working at that, trying to promote it, and. and, and 
you know the, the wheels, the wheels of the wheels in GMO don't 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 grind as fast as we'd all like them to be. But they're making progress. They're doing a lot of work, and uh, I suppose the bit of success there, the, the single team had with the McGrath Cup helps that and helps the young lads see that. Look, you know, we might get you know so a few out of it here and there along the way. You know, um, we're never going to be tier one, top tier one county, but. You know, it's all about trying to give the young lads some impetus to try and come and play inter-county football. I think what's forgotten in the modern game is representing your county is a huge honour. Uh, OK, at the time from when you were playing and when I was playing back in the day, it's gone too much. But sometimes in the midst of it, it's a massive honour and um, for your club and your family, you know. So I think that might be getting lost because of the time that's been put into it, you know. And it can help people grow personally and help them for their own personal lives and workplace afterwards so there's actually got out of the county much beyond actual trophies you know Yeah no there definitely is you mentioned trophies and you mentioned the McGrath Cup um, you said after that game it's all about winning 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 and you know that's fantastic I'm just wondering how you motivate players when they're not winning you know in a Division 4 team you're coming back the following year and you know you might have lost a good few league games you know when, when you're losing games in a row how do you keep their heads up? You, you have to try and find the, the, the positives within all those negatives. Um, you know, uh, certainly from my time, you know, you had a lot of players who, who opted out and didn't want to come in and then you focus on the lads who wanted to play and represent their county and, and, and that comes and so forth. So, you know, you encourage them and they're eager in the first place. So you kind of push an open door. OK, we, 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 we may not be world beaters, but... The lads want to play, um, and and we'd like to see the thing go as well as it can be. So you work with us, and um, you know you find it, and you bring them together as a group. Um, I suppose in the last two years, the lads have come together a lot as a group because they wouldn't have really, really known themselves. They'd have known of each other, but they kind of come together and they enjoy each other's company away from the training ground, which helps, you know. And then you know they're becoming friends, um, so that all helps, you know. So you have to try and find these things that you encourage them to enjoy it. And I think enjoyment is a big part of the column, you know. Um, you've got to recognise your place in life, accept it. You might like it, but you've got to accept it. When you do that, then you can make small yards bit by bit, you know. I think that enjoyment, obviously, maybe in a, when you're in Division 4 is very important because if you're cracking the whip too much, you know, like it's the same as any team that if you don't, there are only competitions to win or, you know, the, in the Championship or Provincials and All-Ireland. Like, and if they're out of, out of reach for the majority of counties, all they have left really is whether they're enjoying it or not. That's it. And look, there's those four. Um, we've got four divisional trophies, and you've got four divisional championships. And in all Ireland, so we end up there. It's nice. And like that, in the there's 32, three counties involved. So you know, do the sums, and you'll see that everyone's going to. So that's it. And look, enjoyment. You know, um, when you see fellas walking through the door and they're enjoying life, um, that's important. And. You know, I, I have a, a big um, affinity with that. You know, it shouldn't be a stressful place. Yes, it will get stressful at times and get frustrations and all that. That's, that's of course it will. But once the once the most of the time is enjoyable and um, people are enjoying themselves and they're amongst their friends and doing the best they can. So what more can you ask for? Well, that, well, that's it. I saw a quote of yours. You were saying, in my view, it has gone. You're talking about the commitment has gone too far at this stage in terms of what is expected of people. I put it this way: you can ask our, or you and I can ask our boss for a day off, and you're likely to get it for a special event. You know, and you're making the argument that a player might be afraid to ask for a day off from a hobby. You know, that's how far it's gone. Yeah, that's that's my honest opinion, and I'm sure. It's 
to ask many other managers over there some dead you know players you know that that's it like and not alone that it's not so much that they couldn't ask but players would hold each other to account why you want a, a family wedding or a friend's wedding or whatever when we are going to be training. Now, I have a very simple view on that. We expect our friends and our family to support what we are doing. But yeah. when they have their big day, we think it's out of reach that we should support them. Of course you can go to a wedding. Of course you can. You mightn't get there for the church or the, 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 the meal or whatever, but you should go and support your, your family and friends when they've got big days. Um because if you're asking for their support, you should be able to replicate, you know, and um, I'd be, you know, open to those things when it's at given times, you well, know. That's and, the thing, um, I suppose the inter-county players are accused of being selfish and some people say they have to be selfish and all professional athletes, which GA players often see themselves as, need to be selfish, but that's not the way it needs to be. Well, I suppose, look, I can't speak for up the, up, you know, where the Dublin's, the Kerry's and the Tyrone's and the Mayo's are, I, you know, so I can only speak for what we are dealing with and I know that if we if we do that, you lose people and yeah. um, we don't have the, the bottom of players to be able to, to lose people. So you have to, you have to, you might have principles in these things, but you have to be adaptable and um, common sense. I, I generally think a lot of it's common sense and... Um, you know, yeah, I'm sure the top level players have to find that extra percentage, to, you know, to try and get off the line at the level they are thinking of. And, and if that's, if we ever get to that level, Colin, <laughs> we can, we can, we 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 can think about it then when we get to there. You know, but for us at the moment, it's about people coming in, playing, recognising that playing intercounty football for Limerick is 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 an honour, and um, you know, you represent your people, and it should be enjoyable. Um, yes, challenging, of course, it is taking out of our comfort zone, definitely, and so forth. But um, why not enjoy it? Why, not, why, why can't we enjoy it? Yeah, some people are blaming the increased commitment levels on players dropping off squads and I'm not sure whether that's, you know, we've seen enough evidence of that or not, but you've lost Dara Tracy, you've lost Sean McSweeney, um, you've lost your own son Jamie only uh, two weeks ago, it was after round two, uh, was it Billy? That Obviously you saw that, you knew that, you, knew, you knew that was coming anyways, but still that's a, a big disappointment to the team to lose one of the top forwards and also to you personally I'm sure yeah absolutely look I mean anytime you miss a, you lose a player um, Dara Sean and Jamie would have been um, regulars over the last number of years so anytime you lose a player that is, is, is disappointing but look they're young lads they want to enjoy life and see it and um, you know there's a lot of tragedy around, around and we got to put in context yes uh, and as a father it, you know you wouldn't like to see your son that far from home but sure look Every, anything you learn along the way is an experience, whether it's a negative uh, or a positive, it'll, it'll, it's an experience and I heard from learning and driving. So that's all we want of our, of our kids and our peoples to kind of grow and, and be mature adults. And, um, you know, it's an experience, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, when you have an organisation that can replace them within the county, these things go unrecognised, you know, unnoticed, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're trying to get to. That's when we do lose people that we have... Um, Pretty made replacements or almost without the experience, but at least fellas at the same level, obviously they'd have to gain the experience by playing this level. So, you know, it's disappointing, but it shouldn't be. It should be disappointing because your your child is on the other side of the world as opposed to missing out in the county football. You know. Yeah, well, that's the thing, I suppose. But it's a, it's only temporary. How long had Jamie been floating this idea, which I'm sure he didn't land it on you? How, how he had to soften the blow to you over a course of the first three uh, years? The first three years, maybe was it? <laughs> He, he landed a throw his mother to me, of course. You know <laughs> what I mean? But um, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, he, he feels it's for him. And look, it's difficult because you have to try. You've, I've got 
30 something other players to consider and treat him dissimilarly and um, you know used to try and you know any time conversations I would hear Jamie would have described looking at as a father or I'm talking as a manager you'd have to just explain it that, so that we know the context yeah. of when we're chatting and I think that was important so that he'd understand where I'm coming from and what hat I am I hit at a given time but um yeah, we knew it was coming, and um, look, he, he, he's the only really confirmed it, and he's hated, I suppose, to, um, leading up to the Carlo game, and he went to Tuesday afterwards, so look, um, you know, I'm sure once, once he comes back safe, sure, we'll be all happy. Yeah, that must have been difficult, having the, cha- the father chat, and then having the manager chat, nearly two completely separate chats with the same two, <laughs> with the same two people. Yeah. Yeah, well, I suppose I put it to this where you wouldn't want to be in the car when we got into the Morocco <laughs> final. <laughs> Let me put it to that way. That was a, an uncomfortable conversation to say that he's put less for this, but the father was kind of telling the way he is. Do you know what I mean? But look, it, yeah, look every father, every father and child has that up and down the country, you know, at different yeah. given times. So, but to entertain him. The more will be the referee at times then, so you get on with it. Oh, listen, I have first-hand experience of it. I had uncles call into my house asking me not to go to Australia and all, because the, uh, the, when I was going one year, but look, these things have to be, uh, they have to be done. Camaro, I meant, meant to ask you about the, 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 the big talk uh, quickly before I leave you, is the cost in preparing inter-county teams. That was the, all the news last week, and like I suppose mileage and catering are the two are the two big ones. You know, some teams have big backroom teams. Like, you know, what, where do you see the biggest drain on the pre- cost and preparing teams coming from? I, I'm, I suppose, look, I, I, I'm not sure on the details with Colin, but I look at it this way. Um, players need to be looked after from, you know, mileage. No, look, I suppose the other side of it is uh, mileage, food, gear, yeah. um, players looked after. But it is a hobby. And there's many other people up and down the country who have hobbies and it kind of sometimes costs some money. Now, it's honestly relevant in the sense that Ukraine has to be spending fortunes when they're trying to build houses and um, have mortgages and, you know, hold down jobs because some fellas are trying to take time off of work. And I think that's not right. But that's what's happening. With, with You know, we know that. And um, But look, once the players are treated with respect and the further up the chain you go, you earn, you earn the next steps that the top level players might guess you know you've to earn your way in life that there's no one going to walk in hand you or your job and say there you are and here's all the perks of it unless you earn your way there so I think to instance a baseline of what each player and management team and what's appropriate is there and then you know obviously whatever the funding works I'm not close to it but you know like anything else you have to earn you stay on the rest, you should be able to stay on the rest of it, um, and that's my view on it. Yeah. Okay. Listen, you've you've obviously Limerick um, this weekend. Why do you play in Ratkeel instead of the Gaelic grounds as a matter of interest? Uh, I suppose. It, well, firstly, it's it's right now where the, the lads want in a, um, a home venue, um, and I think there over the number of years I've been involved with Clare and Newcastle, we've tried to kill my like Gaelic grounds, and um, you prefer you the know, smaller like, club grounds than the than the county grounds. No, it was. It was just that at times, um, you, you know, it depends, I suppose, when you're opening big, I'm not sure the ins and outs of it, but when you're opening big venues, it's costing and, you know, the level of support might neutralise the cost. And that's, I, I, I look, I don't get involved and I don't worry about these things in terms of that, you know, you, you, if it's got to be common sense approach. But when we were going from maybe, you might have a match in Newcastle this weekend and it could get called off because the team might be playable and it might go to Northern. So we got moved around. So we had a chat and we felt that if we could get one base, um, that it'd be in McNeville Park in Raquel, um, which we use all the time for training. And, um, 
it's like home to us. So if that's where we're located, I, I know the county board are investing in that facility in the, in the coming months, uh, year, to try and put a stand in there as well and um, utilise it. And um, look, there's a lot of club games played down there. Um, so it, it's, it's something we're used to, you know. So look, um, that's, that's a lot of it, Colm, and that's really only come into vogue, I suppose, this year. Um, and we had a chat during the break um, where we get the home venue and, and I think the lads are comfortable with that and um, at least they know that there's a venue there and we're not, we're not moving from one place to another and um, we're all supportive of that and we just get on with it OK, fair enough Billy that makes sense Come here, thanks very much for taking the call um, I'll talk to you again OK Colin, thank you Come here, I want you to talk us through the goal you scored in the county final after 15 seconds. I want you to tell me when you had goal on your mind. Yeah, you've probably had a few 15 seconds experiences yourself. All right, lads, a bit of analysis here to finish up. I'm not going to do predictions um, at the moment anyways because there's too many games to get through. The the one I was mentioning is the most interesting for me is Galway Tyrone. And I suppose we don't have too much evidence to go on with Tyrone other than that kind of battle in awful conditions against Kerry. And it's hard to, it's hard to tell. It's, it was interesting... Tyrone were beaten against Monaghan and they had a forward line of Kyle Coney, Niall Sludden, Peter Hart, Darren McCurry, Mark Bradley and uh, Ronan O'Neill. Very forward looking forward line. <laughs> and they lost. And out went Mark Bradley, Kyle Coney and Ronan O'Neill for the Kerry game. And in came Frank Burns, Connor Myler went into the forwards and Daniel Kerr, who actually is a forward. The other two aren't. It's just like obviously uh, Kyle McShane is back, which is going to give them a focal point. But I still think, what's Tyrone's identity this year? Like, what are they? You know, they're, they tried to move away from the counter-attacking game. They went full-blooded into the uh, working off McShane game. That became so obvious that Donegal kind of blew that apart. They went back to the drawing board a bit after that and went back counter-attacking. And it was only towards the end of last year in the Kerry game that they seemed to get a decent balance. They had Maddie Donnelly and, and McShane inside. And they gave in good ball, but weren't... You know, maybe they were able to do it a bit more because Kerry allowed them to do it. Just wondering, like they seem to be kind of stuck in a in a kind of place where they're not sure what they are. Like, I've said, that, I said this a few times against about Tyrone last year. My my hunch on on it with Mickey Hart is that like any kind of um, any roadblock that he hits when trying to play a new when trying to play a new game plan that he's only happy to revert to type to the counter attacking style that I think he prefers and that I think he know has worked for Tyrone up to a point. And uh, like I know that like we, we've talked a lot about the, you know them needing to develop more of a sophisticated game plan when it came up against the bigger teams. But after that loss to Donegal last year, which I, which I think hurt Mickey Hart a lot because like Donegal were. Or Tyrone were completely outplayed on the day in a style of play that has become familiar to Tyrone over the years as well so I thought it was kind of revert to type and just everything I've seen this year when you say like Tyrone were very poor against Monaghan I think they only scored 11 points lost by 4 points but by all accounts were terrible and then all of a sudden he changes around obviously he has to adapt to the conditions against Kerry maybe go a little bit defensive considering the attacking threat that Kerry have as well but I think personally and I'm yet to see enough evidence to the contrary that Mickey Hart's you know, default is the counter-attacking game plan that he's more than happy to play that most of the time. That's the thing. And like, I mean, they all they seem to go all in on one or the other. Why can't they just have a blend of the two like Dublin have? Like the good teams have, you know, against Donegal last year, it was so obvious 
that Donegal are doing their homework on that game they're going to go like right well every ball is going to go diagonal to McShane let's drop Hugh McFadden back he's a big man he'll be able to intercept them and now Trome are scratching their heads like a, a little bit like Ian in 14 with Donegal you were so obvious in what you did mm. that Donegal could plan for you and now Dublin are difficult to plan for because if you want to play them at a running game I don't think anyone can beat them at a running game I think potentially you could beat them at a kicking game because they're out of practice. <laughs> you know, you could shock them with that. But Tyrone, I don't know. Like They don't seem to have that blend that they're equally comfortable with both. Uh, well, for me, a couple of things. Some of the best games we've seen over the last couple of years have involved, for me, Dublin v Mayo or Dublin v Kerry, where you have kind of forward high-pressing uh, three teams and nearly trying to outkick each other and in, in, outscore each other in many ways and Dublin have come through whatever the last couple of years um, watching Tyrone it's a bit of a bugbear for me I don't think they're going to win anything this year um, I know if you were the Tyrone lads personally and nice fellas and everything else off the pitch but they all seem so preoccupied <laughs> nice fellas off the pitch yeah, <laughs> yeah. they all seem I, I don't know if one or two fellas in, in, in each team but they, they seem so preoccupied with holding their faces getting fellas booked um uh, pulling fellas down and I, I don't name any of the guys individually yeah. but now unless I was watching a different game to you were watching in Eden Dork on, on the uh, on the it was a mud fest you know mm. but like referees are just buying whatever for me throwing or throwing at them and maybe I'll get a bit of flack for this but if they were more interested or focused on actually playing football because they're such good footballers talented footballers and stop worrying about fucking trying to get your man booked or lying down holding me face when he only caught me on the shoulder. Like they just do. And I know the, the more than Dublin and all the other counties, everyone has a few fellas who will uh, who will do that. But it seems to be a systematic thing with them. I think if they change that and concentrate more on playing football, they'd be far more. The players will probably enjoy it more, and uh, I think they'd be more successful. But Mickey Hart does go back to that kind of. Uh, um, pack defence uh, break at pace leave one guy up there like the all Ireland final a couple of years ago Mark Bar- not, um, Mark Bradley two years ago no, he took mm. a year out last year but I, I was in the canal end that time and sure he was on his own like uh, yeah. and there was 120 metres between yeah. him and the next no well they have moved on from that now they, they have did, moved they on they did move yeah, on from yeah. that last year to be fair to them yeah. and like I mean you know it, it, I, what, what I think messed her own up is this high press they're mm. trying to do that that doesn't suit a defensive team, right? Mm. So why is the... I'm sure we talked about this before because it annoys me. You're either a defensive counter-attacking team in in such case that you don't press the kick-out because pressing the kick-out is counterproductive to that system. Because pressing... And this is why this game is going to be so interesting because every team now, because it sets off like wildfire copycat stuff with managers, they're all pressing the kick-out now. It's in vogue. So you can't be a pressing team and a defensive team. They don't marry. Mm. They don't go together. So this is where Tyrone have kind of are struggling to figure out what, what they're all about. And pressing up a kick out against Galway, and we know that Galway now are absolutely not hanging around the ball. The ball's going down the other field. Tyrone are going to struggle against that style. The only way or Donegal or Tyrone can handle that style is if they don't press the kick out and they actually go, here, up yours, criticise us. We know what Galway are going to do. And, we, and, and to a point, this is why Donegal, I find, are very hard to work out in the lead-up to games. Last year against Tyrone, they dropped back mm. ahead of the ball and snuffed out Tyrone, hit them on the counter-attack. Against Kerry and Croke Park, they didn't drop any men back behind the ball. 
they played a footballing game and hit them in a shootout. Kerry, I'm sure, weren't expecting that. Like, you have to be able to cut your cloth, don't you? I don't see enough GA teams doing that and going, what do we expect from these today? But and you're, you're wondering, what are they going to bring? But, you know, that, you, but that's what the better teams are able to do, Willie. They're able to evolve. And, and, and the example of Donegal and, and, and Dublin before that, they, they, they can... Uh, they have a couple of systems uh, that they practice in the league or over a couple of seasons, and and uh, depending on the opposition, they're 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 happy to to curb the opposition strengths. But at the same time, if the opposition go out and do something altogether different, to be able to evolve and think and communicate on the field is what the best teams are 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 able to do. But maybe that's what Mickey Hart is trying to do. Maybe he's messing around with a couple of systems to. To, to be able to go from one to the other depending on the yeah. opposition he doesn't seem to have any faith he doesn't seem to have any faith in him and there's one thing I hate to see in Gaelic football is a press on a kick out and then it goes short to the corner back because you know maybe someone's not marking tight enough and then you go okay we didn't win that then they were now we'll head back anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the point of that yeah. like in general goalkeepers will be successful in, with a lot of their kick outs it'll go to midfield maybe or whatever but if you're pressing and you have everybody up in position to press and a corner back gets it is that not the cornerback's worst nightmare for that press to continue? Yeah. Rather than go, oh, well, I got it now. Oh, lovely. They're all, they're all heading back. I'll stro- stroll out with the, it. The idea behind this, a good press should nearly be, should surely be to isolate that guy. To let him have <laughs> to it. To let, let him have it, yeah. And then go yeah. after him. And isolate, like often, often like, like teams are ruthless, they isolate the, the weakest footballer on the team. Do you know what I mean? Or, or like get somebody on the wrong side. Yeah. You know, give him a little, give, give the keeper an inch, target that guy, let him kind of have yeah. it, but that when he gets it, we're on top of it. And even if you lose two people from that press and two of them go back, you're, the press is gone. You nearly need an extra man. You know what I mean? Up there to make that press like a nightmare for defenders coming out it, 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 and again it's just uh, it, it is a strategy that teams start out with it's also a strategy to have if you're chasing the game and you need to push nearly seven fellas up uh, maybe four in the half forward line or uh, three in the full forward Kerry did to the dumps around. remember a couple, Kerry, couple of years yeah, ago yeah. uh, it's a good system so what your aim your your objective is to, to force the, the keeper along because you've, you've, you've a few extra fellas around there but um it's yeah. If you're if you're pushing up, but see, everyone has to understand and and agree with the system. And maybe this is feeding into some of your views or summations of how Toronto playing at the moment is. Maybe uh, you know the fellas have been told to do one thing one week, but for two or three of them, they're not really so sure about it. And then those little couple of cracks appear, and then it doesn't look good. And then Mickey Hart goes back to the, what he's used to playing, and fellas are more comfortable with that. But. Um, I'm meandering, sorry. No, but that's the, that's the mm. thing. It's, it's hard to know. Galway have their team picked again. And um, the interesting thing about their team being picked is Liam Silk is at centre-back yeah. in place of mm. John Daly. So he's wondering where is he going to play. I'd say he'll end up number five. I think maybe Gary O'Donnell might lose out for Liam Silk. When, but in fairness, there's a lot of consistencies to his team. His forward line is starting to pick itself, if we're being honest. Brannigan, Comer, Daly, Finnerty, Shane Walsh, Varley this week. I think Varley might lose out to Ian Burke because they're both you know, similar players in that they, they show re- really well for the ball. Varley's not as good as Burke for throwing it around. But that looks like he's, he's, uh, he's happy enough that he's going to midfield with his kickouts. Mm. Anyone, that's, anyone that gets pressed on and doesn't go to midfield with a kickout, I think they're silly. I think they're stupid unless you have Cluxton mm-hmm. or, you know, or one of the really, really top, le- like Rory Began or whatever. That's, Galway are doing all, everything right. Tactically for me, I think, uh, I think Joyce is, is proving himself to be very smart and it'll be very interesting to see this weekend and watch out for it is Tyrone Press. 
and what Tyrone do after the press when Galway go to midfield are they in no man's land are they going to say here forget about the press let's just own it let's just say look Galway have very good forwards they have a kicking game tactically it's the perfect game for us not to press them and to actually drop off them but again, because the press is in vogue, it's like, I'd love to interview, well, it's hard to get managers now and say, why are you pressing? Mm. Yeah. Why do yeah. you drop off after pressing? What, what, explain to me the yeah. reasoning, you know what I mean? And wonder what their, their rationale for it is. Well, I would have thought, considering the opposition and considering everything you said earlier on, that Tyrone will be inclined to just give, because Galway are likely to go along with the kickouts anyway. I mean, Park Joyce has been fairly blatant about the fact, and any of the players that have kind of talked about what his philosophy has been as well is that like you know he likes it directed it's getting up there as soon as possible and that includes that's just that, that's not just getting from the half back line or from midfield to the full forward line that's also from the goalie in the full back line up to midfield as well yeah. so if you're Tyrone if you're going to press and Galway are going to go long anyway why would you press in the first place and then allow yourself because um, I, again I think Mickey Harvey will go back to type again and try and get like a, a defensive block in place to stop Galway from you know being allowed to deliver ball into Shane yeah. Welch and Damian Comer I think you might see Shane Welch having to come out eventually um, but uh, that, that's the way I, I'd see I'd see them setting up especially with the weather's not meant to be great this weekend as well Tomb Stadium surface uh, they're playing in Tomb this weekend not in Pierce Stadium Ooh, I think as well so um, I think it, it mightn't be as free flowing a surface as, as you'd see in Pierce Stadium as well so turn it into a dogfight like they did in Eden Dark and hopefully they get it, get out on the right side like the thing, it's I, I'm not encouraging them to do that against Galway by the way I'm saying but if you are going to try and drop bodies back don't press don't be yeah. silly oh I think if I was Tyrone I think I can take Galway on I wouldn't Tyrone don't, wouldn't fear Galway Galway haven't turned into Dublin overnight I think Tyrone can take Galway on but when you press keep pressing and leave a few forwards up and take them on in a game of football but if you look at a group of players that Joyce has now with Galway Kevin Walsh had, had similar players uh, I know Joyce bringing in a couple of new guys as well but look what poor Joyce is doing pretty much the same group of fellas that Kevin Walsh did in terms of the style of play Tyrone have excellent footballers yeah. fellas are being drafted over to the AFL um, for a good purpose because they're decent footballers they're, they're athletic let them go play football I think if you go out to disengage particularly in an away fixture when you go out to kind of disengage from the opposition kick out and just kind of sit back I think it sets uh, a tone in the individual player uh, that we're just we're, we're, we're protecting something protecting yeah. something we're afraid of them and we're afraid of them like have, have a go and I think what Joyce might do might do if they if, if, if uh, Tyrone do sit back I think he'll keep 4 5 forwards up there they'll keep moving left and right moving laterally and instead of maybe the the direct the, the kick pass which we've seen a fair before them they'll run it a bit more through the hands but it'll be probably a forward 10 yard hand pass with one or two guys off the shoulder, which is really hard to mark. Yeah. Worked against Sonny yeah. Ball as well. They, yeah. got, they got the two goals from the... They uh, can Sean do that, Kelly yeah. And uh, Heaney run off the but shoulder. It will be, the big test for Galloway will be when they hit the roadblock like Tyrone did last year against mm. Donegal. Because Tyrone last year, were, after the Dublin game in Croke Park, were playing similar style of football to Galloway, mm. are now. It's just Galloway got... Or Tyrone got spanked because they, they invested too much in that. And Donegal with Rochford were tactically smart. And they... They surprised them that day. So what happens, Galway, when maybe this kicking game is taken off them someday and they have to maybe, you know, work it through the hands? Are they going to force that kick pass? That's the last thing you should do. Like, you know, has Joyce given them, lads, I want you to go out and play with freedom, but there is going to come a time when we're going to, you know, when that kicking game isn't on and when that kicking game isn't on, we'll be we'll be able to spot it from the sideline and you know what I mean and we'll be telling you that we're going to change it you know so like I mean I think that's a, an important thing and maybe he'll get this lesson 
against Tyrone this mm. weekend and won't have to wait till the championship like Tyrone did last year. If, if you're, if you're, uh, I'm just thinking of the the flow of a game of, of Gaelic football. Like you will turn the opposition forward line over at least ten times in seventy minutes of Gaelic football in your half. Uh, if they're committing numbers to the attack, the, the quick turnover, the quick counter is on with a kick pass. Always, always, regardless, on. yeah, regardless of it. Um, if it's a goal, a kick out, and uh, throwing a retreating, or they're pushing up but they lose it and they retreat, the play is a bit slower. Throwing will, will be well set up, and you would like to think there these are senior the county fellas playing Division One that they will have the composure to look up and say, well, it's not on, so I'll just take a hop or solo. Or I might have to go left or right to uh, yeah. Yeah. Move, 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 move guys uh, around. But, but certainly plan A from Galway so far this year that we've seen is let, let the ball in. Sure, the forwards they have are, let the are ball super. Right. Right. The, 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 obviously, the, the, the danger when you play defensive teams is that they all attack together and they all defend together. So when they all attack together, your forwards have been dragged out of position. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So your counter-attack game through the foot is a bit messed is a bit messed up and mm. that's what you know that's another complication yeah. that's thrown in on it but, as well well let your forward structure then we want to keep X amount of players up uh, in their half the whole time and we're happy for them maybe to have an extra guy but if we've if we've say for argument's sake 14 outfield players if we keep four guys in the opposition say 65 and in but if their men attack if their men attack you'd be uh, tightening up the defence uh, so much and depending on the pitch conditions in Tume and, and the weather um, you should be able to should be enough in 11 players yeah. and tight the, and compact yes and if the play is slow enough uh, if Tyrone's attack play in that situation is slow enough all of a sudden the fellas from the sideline are Connor go back go back because they've an extra fella there, like you know, and they might get us in the quick turnover. Yeah. And once it happens once, it might happen only once out of five times. All of a sudden, I'm like, if I'm the wrong guy, will I go? No, I better hold on because. But see, that's the thing. We, we yeah. were talking about this, and I, I was speaking to Paul Flynn when he retired about this. And Dublin won't allow that ever allow that to happen. That's mm. why we see so many examples of Mannion. Uh, a lot of times, Condi odd time that when their back takes off, yeah, they go, yeah, and they just keep it worry about your man where the argument we were having on the show last year all the time is why is Manny not just letting him off there'll be enough lads back there Yeah. and then I was thinking what, tactically Dublin obviously don't think like you I think you can yeah. do it and be compact and have enough bodies back there but Dublin obviously think that that one off the shoulder extra man is enough to hurt them depends on who the extra man is if, 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 if I'm a corner forward if I'm Con and I'm, I'm tracking back Connor um, and I see a free Dublin f- uh, player there I, I might pawn him off yeah, yeah. pawn him off mm. and, and, and I'll get back up if it's the cornerback who we're kind of happy with getting the ball he might be too more worried about it and I'll take a bit of a risk and uh, and I'll hang around the 45 yard line but you kind of need an outlet as the, uh, people would call it if you do turn turn the defence over yeah. you need you need someone there but it comes down to strategy and and um, we've won all Ireland's by, 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 by trying to keep three, four forwards up there and and, and, and being happy to have an extra, an extra few guys um, attacking against us. But the example you gave there as well with Con and Sermanian had some great turnovers last year and, yeah. and, and previous <coughs> year as well. Tracking back, sometimes if you have to do it, you just do it. Yeah, you just do it yeah. if you have the work rate. Right, Kildare Ross Common, lads, is the big one in Division 2. And if we're being honest, whoever loses this, one of the two heavy hitters is gone, lads. Um, I know everyone's beaten everybody, but Jesus, Kildare would be their third loss. You would, don't deserve to go up to Division 1 and losing three times, and Roscommon would have lost twice and drawn one. So you'd imagine they'll be gone as well. Kildare have an interesting stat, lads. Um, 
Sharon McNally was telling me this is they've only won three of their last 14 away games <laughs> like I mean it's just it's, desperate yeah. in the league and one in the last 10 now I don't know how you get that out, out of a team or where that's come from because they've been uh, fair enough they've been in Division 1 but they've been in Division 2 and in that as well and they've lost their last two in a row in Division 2 to Clare and hammered by Armagh and she's it's hard to know when you see the team they had out um, like a, a, a solid team a, a good big team and we know they're a big team Feely and Mulek in midfield you have Paul Cribben Paddy Brophy and Keith Cribben the half forward line big huge imposing fellas Daniel Flynn Niall Kelly in the full forward line and Jimmy Highland who hasn't taken off at senior level at all with his mm-hmm. under 20 promise um, whatever's wrong with him I don't know what the story with Kildare is uh, Ger like three years ago I would have said they're a real common team and they could potentially cause Dublin problems and for whatever reasons they're just not Building and, on it and and going on the results and where they are in the in the league table, um, it would suggest that there's a lot of maybe uh, system changes um, that Jack O'Connor is bringing in or trying to bring in and haven't been exposed to Keane O'Neill for was it four or five years. You do get used to playing maybe particular style of football, but maybe the fellas aren't adapting quick enough. Maybe the message hasn't been communicated well enough. Yeah. Uh, Again, but, uh, it's hard to tell. The only, to tell, the only yeah. evidence we have of Kildare is that horrible night against Armagh. So mm, yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard to analyze ga- you know games like some people might want. But like I mean, you can only talk you know pretty much in general terms until we actually see the teams um, the teams in action. But definitely that away record um, is just is just awful. Ross Common obviously are playing without Connor Cox and Dermot Murta, who are. Literally, their whole game plan is built around their their two inside men, and everyone else defends. Oh well, maybe Craig holds the half forward line. They probably leave three forwards up, so their whole game plan is our whole team. You know, is built around them. So it's not it's not too it's not too easy. Key McKeown is a new kind of face. Um, he's pretty young. He's scoring well in the league. I think he played a little bit last year, but he started all the games in the league. So it'd be worth a lot of freeze, yeah. It's mostly freeze he's getting. Um, Enda Smith was in midfield the last day um, for against um, against Clare. The beat at home, wasn't it? The beat easily enough. But yeah, they, they, yeah. they definitely needed a. It's a big listen. It's a big a big uh, game and a lot at stake for both of these teams. Yeah, like uh, like as you said with. Um with Conor Cox and Jeremy Murtha not playing for Roscommon, there's probably less reason for uh, concern amongst uh, Jared Cunningham because, yeah. you know, um, Anthony Cunningham, sorry, because he knows that down the line they're going to be pivotal to their game plan. Whereas I kind of look back at the Kildare teams, bef- uh, you know, before we came on here and I was surprised at how strong it was because I thought, well, whether it's they're doing a big block of training or something, you know, they're trying to peak mm-hmm. for later in the year thinking that they get through Division 2 handy enough. But like Kildare, mad as it sounds, like if they lose this weekend, they're in danger of going down. <laughs> do, do you know? Because yeah. like as you said, with that away, away record, and just like losing three be- of their last four games at home, yeah. which might save them. But yeah, but the, just I suppose losing becomes a habit, and, and it can be hard to arrest momentum when it's going a certain way. But uh, just uh, I, I, just because with um, it's Roscommon that are Kildare that are home this weekend. Yeah, I think yeah, and just because of the their need, I think their need to win is far greater than than Roscommon's. I'd, I'd be fancying them, but not with any degree of confidence. That, that's the thing and you look you have Paul Cribben you have Niall Kelly and you have Daniel Flynn although Niall Kelly was there Daniel Flynn Paul Cribben their two best forwards are back mm. do you know mm. what I mean they're back and they're, like you would have thought they're every, lovely footballers but, but, they're but, very good yeah. see I, I believe in Kildare I yeah. do I think they're the best option in Leinster outside of Dublin and I think they have potential but it's uh, look listen we can't go too crazy it's two league games one was in a storm 
Do you know what I mean? And one was a point lost to Clare. Maybe like it, there is a temptation to overanalyze and do a Pat Spillane say Clare gone. It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, and and it is hard to overanalyze the league. The probably the the depth of analysis uh, that we're probably displaying here, uh, or the tone of it, is is because of the importance of Division Two now. Yeah. Uh, if we were talking about this maybe twelve months ago, maybe we wouldn't be as strong on it. But uh, like if they lose, like they're they're under serious pressure. Like yeah. um, regardless of having three, three, that's true. So they're taking these yeah. games seriously. We can trust that. You yeah. know, they're they're, yeah. they're desperately t- trying to win these games, which is probably even more worrying for them. So yeah. So we did. Do we get uh, predictions on both these games here, lads? To finish up, the big one obviously in Division Three for me is Longford is Longford against Down. Longford are away to Down. Um, That'll probably see who go a long way to see who maybe goes up um, along with Cork. So who do we fancy with Galway and Tyrone? I'm going to go with Galway home win. Galway home win. Galway. Galway home win. Kildare, Roscommon. I'm going to go with Kildare's home record. Just like Dublin in Croke Park. What if Kildare played all their games New, in Newbridge? Newbridge, Newbridge or nowhere. <laughs> to win out today for Kildare. What about you yeah, guys? Yeah, just because they're a greater need, as I said. I'm going for Kildare at home. Yeah, and Roscommon not a full strength probably as well with the two lads. And I go with Kildare too, based on that, yeah. Okay, great stuff, lads. That's it. That's all we've time for. We'll be back on Monday. We'll review um, End of Varley. He's making good Mayo man, uh, Connor. We'll see. More the merrier. He's, he's making, more the merrier. He's making his debut on Monday. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. But these fellas will get such a f-ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.